Hello and welcome. My name is Nicole. I'm a yoga teacher, and this is your podcast all around the topics of yoga, health, mindfulness, and personal growth. Hello and welcome to a new episode which as you could have already seen is all about the topic of meditation and I have an absolute expert in the show for this topic. I'm talking to Christine who is working for the meditation app Meditopia so it's one of the biggest meditation apps in the world and she's actually also one of the voices of the app so she guides through a lot of the meditations and I asked her so many questions all around what is meditation how do you meditate right and how um, can you stick to a regular practice and all these things so Maybe you're already into meditation. Maybe you're just about to get started. Either way, this episode is perfect for you to learn more and increase your knowledge about meditation and the benefits that come from practicing regularly some form of meditation are really endless. So they reach from having less anxiety, improved sleep, being better in charge of your emotions, better memory and on and on and on. So really, it's the best thing anyone can do. Um, but yeah, let's get started with this interview to learn more about how to meditate. I hope you'll enjoy it and let's go. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for taking the time and being a guest on my podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's really super nice how we kind of like met through the master thesis uh, because you're with uh, Meditopia, which I now just read is the number three global mental wellness app, which is crazy. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we're really excited to see that. And now we're happy that we're actually now the most globally used uh, mental coach app in the world. So we're very excited and humbled about that. Okay, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And I also still think it's so crazy that you are, do, are you the main person doing the meditations or like recording the meditations or? We have, a, we have a team of people who all have different expertise in mental wellness. Some are psychiatrists, psychologists, and they create the content. Um, and then we have this really amazing adaptation uh, system where I get the translation, but then I rewrite it. So that it resonates mostly, you know, with English speakers. Obviously, every language, every culture approaches different topics differently. I rewrite it and then I record it and then it goes on to the other 10 languages that they all do the same process of adapting the content, making sure that it's relevant, that it resonates with their audience, and then they all record it. Okay. Yeah, it's very impressive. I love the team that we work with, but they all put a lot of heart into it. Yeah, and they are mainly based, so the founders are based in Istanbul, right? Yes, uh, there's headquarters in Istanbul, in Berlin, um, but we have team members scattered all throughout the world. I'm obviously in the US, and then there's people in Nicaragua, in Brazil, uh, in Japan, so everywhere. <laughs> That's nice. And uh, maybe so we can get to know you a little bit better. You, So you're from the US, and then you uh, went to Istanbul and um, started not right away, right? You went there for your studies, I think, or? 
Yes, for my master's, it was part of the program, um, and I fell in love with the city. If any of you haven't been to Istanbul, you should definitely go. It's just a majestic, enchanting place. Um, and I was fortunate enough to meet Barak and Fatih, who are the co-founders, along with Ali Murat. And they invited me to help them start to form the meditations in English. And at first, you know, it was a small project, but it really took off. So they just started in 2017. And, you know, right now we already have around 12 million members worldwide and over 10 languages and counting. So, you know, again, it was a, a very small but scrappy team and now we're expanding, but I'm just so proud of what we've been able to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so impressive. And before um, joining the team, did you already meditate? Yes, yes. So the first time I remember, I was actually thinking about this the other day because of your question that the first time I remember was when I was 13. My mother took me to a yoga class and my first yoga class too. And at the end, the instructor had a 20-minute meditation um, after our practice was over. And I just remember having this sense of peace and, you know, just a quiet time because I was already anxious. I'm an overthinker. I overplan. I still do. So that was just one of those moments where I remember feeling this incredible sense of calm come over me. And of course, that's just addictive. You just want more and more of that. Um, but I will say that, you know, a lot of people, you know, the first time they meditate or do yoga, they fall in love and they just go headfirst into it. And my journey with meditation was kind of off and on throughout the years. I would usually only meditate when I would start to feel very anxious or very know overwhelmed so I would wait until I was at the brink of having a panic attack and then meditate which of course now I know my team members have taught me very well that you know in order to do in order to avoid getting to that point you should do it every day little by little um, it's like working out you know you you shouldn't just work out when you you get sick or something or eat healthy when you get sick you should do that all the time to maintain your physical wealth, wellness. So for me, meditation is like preventative care for your mind. Um, and yeah, so that's, it's evolved over time. You know, I think a lot of people are intimidated by starting meditation because they think first of all, that they need hours every day, that they need a quiet space and that nobody can be bothering them. And that, you know, you picture like a, someone sitting on top of a mountain in total serenity, but I think, What I would say is that meditation is actually very accessible. You can do it while you're driving to work, while you're walking to work, uh, while you're running, while you're cleaning up your house. Um, it's not something that you just have to be totally still and quiet. So how would it work meditating while cleaning, for example? Right. So after you, know, you start to get used to meditation, um, you start realizing that there's certain strategies like breathing techniques or anchor techniques. Um, that allow you to kind of tap into the present moment. Uh, so for example, on my way to work, I used to meditate, quote unquote, by starting to really focus on my breathing, on the sensations I was feeling, on what I was seeing and hearing and how it felt for the ground to touch my feet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know. um, so by tapping into those different anchors, as we call them, I was able to immediately connect to the present moment instead of, you know, most of us on the way to work, we're thinking about, okay, what do I have to do today? Or what happened yesterday? Or all these from the past to the future bouncing back and forth. But when you use those anchors to connect right now to the present moment, 
then you you stop thinking about all those things and you become a little bit more centered, balanced, calm. Um, and it has a huge effect on the rest of your day. Mm. Yeah, what has changed concretely in your life since you started to meditate? Oh, good. That's a really great question. Um, I would say that when I do feel very intense emotions now, whether it's anger, frustration, I know actually even right now that a lot of us are feeling so many intense emotions, discomfort with what we are witnessing throughout the world, that I'm able to, instead of dismiss it or avoid it or try to numb it with some activity, whether it's you know binge watching Netflix or eating a cake or something, I'm able to more easily confront it, acknowledge it's there, see why it's there, what it means for me, and then kind of let it go. I mean, so the lesson and the impact of it is still with me, but I don't allow my body and mind to become totally consumed by it. You know, so even right now, um, I'm sure, again, a lot of us, we've seen a huge surge in how many people are turning to meditation in the last three months, and especially in the last week with this global movement uh, for Black Lives Matter. I think a lot of people are confronting very uncomfortable feelings within themselves. You know, they're looking at their own biases, their own opinions, uh, the stories that they tell themselves, and it can be very uncomfortable and unsettling. But with meditation, at least for me, I'm able to then look at those with a, kind of an objective standpoint, like I'm looking at it from afar and see why is that there? How did that get there? And is there anything about that that I want to change? You know, why is that story so ingrained in my mind? And how can I get past it? And of course, it's not overnight, but if you constantly question your thoughts, emotions, and you explore where those things come from, it's much easier to get through it. Mm -hmm. How can you uh, establish a regular practice and really stick to it? Do you have any good tips? I, myself, I struggle so much with that. Well, as unromantic as this sounds, actually, I at one point started putting it in my Google calendar. <laughs> um, at first, you know, I listened to my colleagues and my colleagues have much more expertise and experience. You know, they have certifications in, in uh, meditation, yoga, and mindfulness. And listening to them, they said, you know, like any habit, you should try to pick the same day, same time every day. So if it's in the morning, you know, pick it right when you get up or right after having breakfast. If it's in the evening, maybe right before bedtime, um, just pick a consistent time and start small. So, you know, a lot of people, again, assume that they have to do 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Well, actually, you can just do two minutes at the beginning or five minutes a day it doesn't have to be you know you just jump in and you run a marathon the first day so to take it you know consistency or rather let me backtrack consistency is more important than the quantity so it's better to do meditation for five minutes a day than it is to do it for one hour every few weeks when you have time mm -hmm. um, and when you when people hear that it sounds much more manageable um, so picking the same time every day, you know, baby steps. And we have programs that are two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15. It, it slowly progresses so that you can build your practice. And the most important thing is to be very kind and patient with yourself. I mean, this is not something that you can just, you know, switch on overnight. My first few times doing 15, 20-minute meditations were excruciating. 
because we're so used to being on the go. I mean, and even when we're sitting still, we're usually being stimulated by a TV, our laptops, our phones. So to really sit in silence and confront all of the thoughts that come up into your mind is, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, you know, you feel this mixture of boredom and confusion and feeling like, oh gosh, you know, I don't want to think about this right now. Um, so please be kind with yourself. You know, I think we have a, a, another pandemic on top of the current one of shaming ourselves and putting so much pressure on ourselves that I have to get it right the first time. It has to be perfect. And meditation is not here to put more pressure in your life. <laughs> it is there for you to lean on, to have some quiet, reflective time for yourself. Um, yeah, that would be my main advice for you. Okay. That's, yeah, I think a, an important one for me because I really realized I had it so often also lately that I tried to meditate and I realized um, that I, I would do it with a timer. So sometimes like not a, not a guided one, just with a timer that would ring every five minutes. And I would realize maybe doing it 15 minutes and afterwards being like, I was literally thinking the whole time and my mind completely drifted off and then thinking like, okay, well, did this even like serve me right now at all or not? And yeah. Right. And that's another thing that we get a lot of questions and comments from our members saying, you know, I can't shut off my thoughts or I can't clear my mind. And while I was meditating, even if you asked a question, my mind was just going down all these rabbit holes of thoughts And we always say, you know, the, the goal is not to clear your mind or shut off your mind. That's impossible. We produce thoughts. That's what our brain does by nature. It's more to observe and witness what's coming up. Um, and of course, again, as I said before, we use our anchors, which is our breathing or our sensations to help connect us back to the present moment. So if I ask you in a meditation, you know, how do you feel about that? And you first start thinking about it and then you start thinking about like, oh gosh, I didn't get the groceries for today. And you know, to catch yourself, to witness that and say, okay, you know, that's not what I'm focusing on right now. And to just let yourself recenter back to your breathing, back to your sensations, because your breathing and your sensations immediately bring you back to the present moment. Just if you're focusing on your breath, you're in the present moment. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's not... To say that, oh gosh, I was thinking the whole time, and that's not a failure. It's just to observe what's coming up. And actually, after the meditation is also a really cool period for me personally, because you look back on what thoughts came up, and then you can think about, you know, why did that person's image pop up in my mind when I was meditating about compassion? Or why did that specific issue or story or topic pop up in my mind when I was thinking about um, body positivity mm -hmm. so it's very telling you know those thoughts are little clues for you to follow it's little breadcrumbs <laughs> to get back to you <laughs> that's super interesting is it also that you did do you ever do that that you ask yourself a question before meditating and then trying to see if an answer comes while meditating or that is a little trickier i mean i There was a question of, you know, can you meditate by yourself or do you always need a guide? And that's really up to each individual. Mm -hmm. uh, for me personally, when I was first developing my aptitude for meditation, I needed a guide because 
otherwise I would just go in all these different directions. Um, but after you kind of have a foundation for the different breathing techniques and the different focus techniques in meditation, you can just sit with yourself. If you're really consumed by something or thinking about a certain issue or a problem in your relationships, whether it's at work or at home, you can sit with it and just think about, you know, you can ask yourself some questions, maybe write them down beforehand and then prompt yourself with those questions. And then again, just observe what comes up. Mm -hmm. focusing on your breath and just be a witness and sometimes uh, my colleague Denise I love the way she puts it in her meditation she said it's like you're sitting on a bench and you're just observing what's going by you know you're not over analyzing it you're not attaching yourself to it you're just observing and learning um, we learn by observation anyways so mm -hmm. it's the same with our thoughts and emotions mm -hmm. okay and I think this is a question so that I've heard so often, how long does it take to get into that state that you can really not attach yourself then to what's what's going on? Um, that's a great question too. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, well, technically, so from a research standpoint, they say that, you know, just within two weeks, people will start to feel their sense of focus and calmness uh, changing and how you deal with little stressors every day will start to change. And then when they studied the actual structure of the brain, they found that after eight weeks of consistently meditating every day, and again, remember consistency is the key, um, whether it's two minutes or five minutes, consistently every day for eight weeks, that the actual neuroplasticity of the brain changed so that your ability to focus and remember increased and that your ability to regulate your emotions increased as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, a big one, like regulating your emotions. Mm -hmm. Motion, emotions actually can only exist with us within us for around 90 seconds so if I'm feeling really angry which I've been feeling a lot lately <laughs> about things happening um, you know I'll feel that and it'll manifest itself you know listen to your body too how does the anger show up in your body it might be a really tightness in your chest your stomach might be burning you might get that tension across your brows If you focus on that and you keep fueling it with more stories and more thoughts and more opinions, it will last a much longer than if you just say, okay, I'm feeling intense anger right now because of this. And to focus on that part of your body, feel it. And then actively say to yourself, I'm going to let it go right now. Like you can feel the impact of it. And that doesn't mean you're not angry, by the way. It's not saying, okay, I'm, I'm totally fine now. And I'm not going to do anything. It just means that you're not going to let it consume you. Yeah. Um, especially right now with everything that we're trying to deal with in our different communities. You know, a lot of people don't want to forget that anger because they think that by letting it go that no one will do anything. But that's not it actually. It's it's just making sure that it's not going to consume you. You know, we all need to be very healthy mentally and physically if we're going to do anything about what's happening. So in order for us to do that, we have to allow ourselves to rest. Mm. Yeah. And your body can't rest when it's completely consumed by stress, anxiety, and anger. Mm. Chemically, it cannot rest. Physically, it cannot rest. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. And what would you recommend someone who has never, ever meditated before? How to kind of like get started? Are there certain, I don't know, rules or should you, certain times where it's best to do it? What, what would be your tips? 
So um, as we said before, consistency is key and don't, you know, punish yourself with a one hour meditation your first day. Just try a two minute breathing exercise, then work your way up. And we do find that actually the morning is the best time to maintain that habit, especially for a newcomer. Um, another important thing is, you know, whatever position is least painful for you to sit in or lie in or whatever position, that's your meditation position. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I have to be crossing my legs and, you know, with my hands on my knees. That's, you know, of course, if you want to go for it, but the main goal is for you to be comfortable and for your legs not to go numb <laughs> 15 minutes, 20 minutes into your meditation. And let me think, I mean, we have foundations and uh, first step programs in Metatopia that are specifically for people who have never tried meditation. Because like, you know, you know, as a yoga instructor, if someone's never done yoga before, they first need to um, acquaint themselves with the terminology that's used, you know, what all these, what even a flow is, for example, that terminology, there's similar things in meditation. So we first have to introduce all newcomers to, you know, what do we mean when we say, find your anchor? And what do we mean when we say, you know, reconnect to the present moment? Because it's very vague. <laughs> Sounds like, okay, I'm trying to reconnect to the present moment, but I have no idea how. So exactly the same way that you would do that for yoga, we have to introduce people. So I would start off, um, there's so many beginner uh, meditations for people who want to first learn what it's all about and how they can do it. Um, and then, of course, most importantly, uh, don't see it as an obligation. See it as a like mental hygiene. The way that we have personal hygiene, we brush our teeth, we wash our face, we shower, though probably not so often lately. <laughs> the same way we do all of that, we also need to have some mental hygiene. Um, so know your why, too. That's, you know, people's why is, is going to be what motivates them when they're feeling like not doing it. Why did I start meditating in the first place? The most common answers we get are, I, I can't sleep, I have all these racing thoughts, or, you know, my anxiety is taking over my ability to be present with my family, my colleagues, or stress, you know, I can't deal with the stress anymore. Um, a lot of people who had physical ailments whether it was from their heart or their body, their doctors told them you need to manage your stress because your stress is having a horrible impact on your physical health. So if you remember your why, then those mornings when you're like, oh, I don't want to do this, even for five minutes, you know, you'll get yourself out of bed and be like, okay, just five minutes. This takes less time to make your coffee than it is to meditate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I should also very much think more about my why <laughs> to to get myself to stick to it beat yourself up too like if you miss a day you know again we're, we're this culture of like i have to do it perfectly and you know if i miss one day then i failed you know no this is a whole journey this is a lifestyle change so if you miss a day if you miss two days okay just let it go again don't attach yourself to it don't like fixate on oh gosh you know i'm so bad at this just say okay i'm gonna start again tomorrow yeah. yeah that's a good point as well yeah and do you next to meditation do you also have some other self-care things that you do daily or to take care of your mind yes uh, when I was living in the city I loved just going for random walks getting lost purposely losing myself and having no idea where I was mm -hmm. um, and now that I'm here in more of a rural environment 
I have to have to go on daily walk, run something outside. Um, is there something about nature, whether it's you're standing next to the Bosphorus in Istanbul or you're in the middle of the forest in where I am, the middle of nowhere, there's something about nature that's very calming and grounding. And everyone, everyone can, I think, knows that. <laughs> it's, you know, yesterday I was walking um, around my house and I saw that, you know, all the flowers were blooming, that the, the birds had laid new eggs and everything. And I thought to myself, you know, Humans are kind of going crazy right now, but the rest of nature is just keeps going on as usual. For them, it's not affecting them. If anything, probably they're happier. <laughs> and that, you know, this will pass as well. Mm -hmm. It kind of just makes you feel small in a good way, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's nice. Do you, can I ask, do you bring your phone when you go on walks? Actually, this is really funny that you say that. My husband was telling me, you know, because I love taking photos of the flowers and we keep having little animals that I want to take photos of. And he, the other time we went, and also I want to track my steps. Yes, <laughs> I'm tracking my exercise. But he said, just leave it. You know, let's just not, let's just focus on what's around us. And he was right. <laughs> so, yes, I should get better at that. Do you um, sometimes meditate with your husband together or is it something you do alone? Yes, he, I mean, he's not as consistent, but he likes the idea of it and he loves to meditate. When I force him to do it with me, especially when we're both really uh, anxious about something, uh, then he always comes out of it saying, gosh, like I need to do this more often. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Just, um, but yeah, you know, everyone has their own way of coping with things. I think there's also something to be said about um, the gender that's often perceived with yoga or meditation. I'm sure you face this where a lot of guys may feel like it's a quote unquote girly thing to do, even if they don't say that out loud. Um, so instead of what I've tried to say is, you know, instead of do you meditate or would you be interested in meditating? I've said, you know, do you ever reflect on your thoughts, your actions, behaviors, relationships? And of course, they always say, of course, yes, I'm a human. So I said, okay, then you meditate already. <laughs> so you, you know, it's this meditation word, I think, like yoga, it, it's, it's definitely getting better, but there's still this connotation with it um, that I think can repel some people from even trying it. Yeah, that's so true. Do you experience that with yoga? So much, so much that it's often also so reduced to just the physical practice and just, and so much seen, of course, as a workout when it's actually a work in. Yes, yes, yes. That's a great way to put it. I love that. And even for kids, you know, now uh, I'm, I'm seeing more schools uh, practice meditation with their children, especially for kids who get in trouble rather than a detention or being punished there. Put, instead of a timeout, it's a time in mm -hmm. so that they have this time to sit and think about, you know, why did I feel that way? And why did I impulsively react like that? Um, so children can also benefit a lot from meditation as well as from yoga. There's baby yoga. Oh, I think I've never seen baby yoga. <laughs> like toddlers, toddlers. They have to have some motor function. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, so so you would definitely recommend also already for kids to start meditating. Definitely, definitely. Um, 
and again, you know, I don't expect a kid to be able to sit for 30 minutes to an hour, but even if they just do a two to five minute breathing exercise, um, you can really make it fun for kids. We have a new blog actually posted by um, an author who just writes um, children's books for how to cope with your emotions. And she has been able to make a lot of fun games on how kids can meditate during this whole COVID situation, how they can process and manage all of the mixed emotions they're feeling. Her name is Emma Cahill, actually, I should say her name. Um, but yeah, that really helped me see that this isn't something that you just can start when you're an adult. Actually, the best time to start is when you're younger because you, you're, you learn from an early age how to regulate your emotions and your thoughts and kind of be your be your best self-care guide. Mm, hopefully they will integrate that more in the school systems. That would be nice. Absolutely, absolutely. Here, uh, one of the teachers at the high school in my hometown, she started doing meditation with her students. And at first, you know, they were 13-year-olds. So she thought, oh, you know, I'm not sure how they're going to react, but they absolutely loved it. And they said no to her. They said, I feel so much calmer and this is helping me, you know, not feel so stressed about schoolwork. Because we all remember, you know, even though now as adults, we may look back at things that we stressed out about as kids and we're like, ah, you know, that was not a big deal. In that moment, it was a big deal. Um, so stress cannot be compared, you know, across ages. So kids can definitely use that. You just mentioned uh, breathing techniques. And I was wondering, do you have a favorite breathing technique? Yes. Um, whenever I'm feeling something intense, well, usually I... I can tell immediately when I'm starting to get too anxious or panicked because I start just taking half breaths um, and I catch myself with basically I can feel the air only going down to like my sternum and then back up again. <laughs> and so in that moment, I'll stop whatever I'm doing and I'll think, you know, I'm breathing in calmness, clarity, balance, and then I'm breathing out anxiety obsession, uh, stress, paranoia, fear, whatever negative things I'm feeling in that moment. And I do that for about a minute. And I make sure that those breaths go all the way down to the bottom of my belly. And I just, I'm doing it even now. <laughs> I'm saying. So I breathe in, let's say, I need to breathe in focus and I need to breathe out fear. Uh, especially if we're, you know, criticizing ourselves for something or we're before a speech, before I'm sure your first podcast, maybe you have the jitters. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, right now I'm breathing in enthusiasm, excitement, inspiration, and I'm breathing out um, self-sabotaging thoughts, <laughs> negativity, and what ifs. <laughs> That's probably my favorite. I use it a lot, a lot with my friends too. <laughs> so you basically repeat it in your head then? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. That's super yeah. nice. I, I, I've never heard of that. I, I want to try that too. Yeah. I really like, I really like the uh, box breathing where you breathe in for four, you hold, you breathe out for yes. four, you hold. Yeah. Yes. And also um, this other breathing technique, I'm forgetting the name, where you change, you alternate uh, closing your nostrils, yeah, breathing in your nostril and out your mouth, breathing in your left nostril, out your mouth. And it sounds silly and it feels silly when you're doing it. But after you really feel the 
like a physiological impact on your body. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah, nice. That's also one often used before or after a yoga practice because it also helps to balance out both sides. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's also super interesting. I learned it in my teacher training that um, when going to bed, you can actually feel if you're... Now I have to think which side it was, but I think if you can feel that you can breathe better through the left nostril you're actually very relaxed like it it's better for you to fall asleep than when you're when you can breathe better through the right nostril i hope not this was this were, were the right sides but it's like that you, that you can really feel your kind of state of mind in your breath through which nostril you can breathe easier so that's super interesting wow i didn't hear about that i'll have to look that up <laughs> a telltale sign yeah yeah that's super super interesting Yeah. And what it, you know, what ha uh, feedback have you been getting from, you know, your community and followers during this whole COVID situation? And now even with this Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah. And not that much yet on the Black Lives Matter. It just, yeah, was so recently. And I actually um, had now a little podcast break during May with finishing our thesis, which we finally have done. So that's super nice. Yeah. And with the whole COVID situation, completely different because I had people who for them nothing really had changed and the life was completely the same and some who really were like also then saying they did my meditation and also some who said they started now doing yoga because with, with being at home they felt like okay they can try try out some uh, online classes which is nice yeah definitely yes yeah I, I mean in a way of course Yeah, we can all say we never, we wish this never happened and we wish that we were never put on this, in this position. But at the same time, I am trying to find little, you know, nuggets of appreciation throughout this. And I think this whole situation where we've just had to stop our lives and sit with ourselves, with our family members and rest. And that's a huge one for me, at least. I've been able to rest during this time um, has brought brought a lot of things to the surface for people all over the world um, in terms of what their priorities are. I got my phone ring. Um, sorry. <laughs> ah, of course, everyone's calling me now. <laughs> um, I think it's really put into perspective uh, a lot of things that I hope we're able to remember and apply to our future interactions, relationships, um, how we view our communities and the world in general. Yeah, that is super true. That that in that regard, it definitely was a huge chance and opportunity. So uh, at least some some positive points about it. But yeah, hopefully it'll pass soon. I think in the U.S. it's even from from what I heard in the news, it's even worse than than in Europe. Yeah, people are having a lot of tough conversations, which I'm glad. You know, I think the only way that you can start fixing you know, problems in your society or when you start confronting them, acknowledging that they exist and then talking about them. And it's uncomfortable. And a lot of people have been saying, oh gosh, I've been feeling so, you know, anxious. And I'm like, well, that's really just a manifestation of the discomfort you're feeling mm -hmm. about what's happening around you. So the only way we can make sure that discomfort doesn't keep coming up is to solve the problem. <laughs> so, you know, let's roll our sleeves up and dig in. <laughs> Yeah, even, you know, within our team at Metatopia, like I really uh, commend all of my colleagues because we are spread out throughout the world and we all, all come from really different backgrounds. 
we've been having really great conversations around, you know, how are these same trends that we're seeing in different parts of the world showing up in our own communities? Mm. And how can we confront those? How can we start talking about them? Um, and in a way, it's we've kind of been called with the work that we do with Metatopia to incorporate some of those questions in our content. Um, so we're probably going to have a, a good challenge before us in terms of helping people digest and process what has just happened and what will continue to happen in a constructive way. That's yeah. super nice. Yeah. I also have to say at this point, I can highly, highly recommend trying out Meditopia, especially the English version, of course, with your voice. It's super nice. Also, when you have the feeling you know that person. And so that's, that's great. And I really enjoy, enjoy using Meditopia. So everyone should try that out. And I have one more, one last question for you. What is your most favorite book or books? Do you have any good recommendations? Ooh, that's a really good question right now. Um, actually, so Brene Brown's Daring Greatly is one that just life-changing this uh, past spring for me. Um, Brene Brown, everyone should look her up, watch all of her videos, interviews, read all of her books, um, because she really, she started talking about this 10 years ago about confronting discomfort and leaning into discomfort and um, looking at shame and the way that shame actually can be very destructive for progress. Um, so that's definitely one book. And the book that I'm reading right now is actually by Marie Forleo and it's called Everything is Figureoutable. I read that one too. <laughs> yeah, so I really, I really love that book as well. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, especially right now, I think there are a lot of books that in the US we have to focus on that are going to be probably uncomfortable for a lot of people, not people who are not of color to read, but needs to be read. And I would just encourage everyone, even when you're reading something that you don't at first say, oh, like I totally know what this person means or I totally agree with them, just read it. And then you know, ask yourself why that makes you uncomfortable to read that or why that you feel this huge resistance to whatever that person's writing. Um, take that little deep dive <laughs> exploration within yourself mm, yeah that's a that's a really good point yeah but, yeah even though it should have never happened i'm glad it's finally happening mm, that's true yeah, yeah. if uh, anyone has any kind of question can they reach out to you and how Of course, you can absolutely reach out to me or any of my teammates. Um, you know, we answer every question on our social media. Um, you can also email hello at metatopia.com. Or if you want to reach out to me personally for any clarification or questions, concerns, emotional outbursts on anything that I had to say, <laughs> you can please contact me at christine at metatopia.com. Um, yeah, I love having uncomfortable conversations so please bring all of your questions <laughs> even if you disagree with me and think everything i said was wrong please i would love to talk about it <laughs> super nice thank you so much christine and also for taking the time for sharing all your knowledge and yeah it was so interesting and yeah thank you so much thank you so much nicole and i'm so glad that you included us in your master's thesis and i'm for all that you do and for taking this time and energy to you know spread these types of inputs opinions and messages with your community really more people need to be doing the work you're doing thank you christine super nice of you <laughs> okay thank you 
Talk to you soon. Bye. you enjoyed this episode you could take some things away for yourself and learn something about meditation and if you've never meditated before i can highly encourage you to get started you can also always try out meditopia i really love it um, and you're gonna recognize the voice for sure now and yeah if you have questions just reach out you can always come to my website yogabynicole.com or my instagram or you can also reach out to christine and the meditopia team and now i wish you a wonderful rest of your day or your evening i'll be talking to you soon and namaste